today on Current Events from a Christian Perspective. Well, today is the last day of Pride Month. However, we hear from Admiral Richard Rachel Rogelio Levine. That surprise, actually, there might be more, maybe a lot more. Meanwhile, look at a couple of churches and pastors who just don't seem to understand what Christianity really is, so that'll be fun. Then we look at some movie news and yet another Christian college that is acting uh, not really Christian. Oh, people, this is our world. All this and more today, I'm Matt Odegaard, and this is Church Public. All right, welcome back to Church Public. I am your host, as always, Matt Odegaard, and I appreciate you stopping by today. If you're listening on audio, thank you so much. You're the bread and butter of what makes us fun here, and I appreciate you tuning in. There's a lot of other things you could do with your time, and I really appreciate you taking a, a moment to uh, come into this space. I try to make it valuable for you in looking at current events from a Christian perspective and looking at them from the place of, hey, what can we learn? As followers of the way of Jesus Christ, how can we grow in our faith by doing what Christ has called us to do in the middle of this wild and crazy world. So we'll look at that through some current events. I think that is helpful. Hopefully it is for you. Hopefully you're here because that is helpful in some way, because I just want to help you look at the scope of life that's out there. And of course, we'll bring some Bible into it and we'll talk about how we can live out our faith in a in a honest and authentic way. All right. So uh, before we get to the end of Pride Month, which is great, uh, I saw this clip right before recording, and it's pretty amazing, I guess. Um, let's let's just watch this clip. This is from Vice President Kamala Harris, who is talking about abortion and faith. So I think that fits right into our topic of the day. Let's take a look. A majority of Americans, I do believe, agree that one does not have to abandon their faith or deeply held beliefs to agree the government should not be telling her what to do with her body. Okay. So I was Kamala saying that you don't have to abandon your faith to now. This is where we just, hopefully, I mean, if you're listening to this show, you probably know, so I don't need to tell you, but I'm just going to say things out loud anyway, because I want us all on the same page, right? You probably know that saying the government shouldn't tell you what to do with your body is really talking about killing an innocent child in their mother's womb because the mother doesn't want it for some reason. And that's the euphemism is, well, we don't want the government telling you what to do. That's not really what we're talking about here. We're talking about killing an innocent human being. And we have to keep coming back to what we're really talking about so that we can understand what we're really talking about. Now, that's where you get down to, you don't have to abandon your faith to participate in an abortion. Really? Well, okay, let's go with you for a second, Kamala. I guess you're right. If you're saying this new sex religion that says you can have sex with whoever you want, whenever you want, whatever you want, with no consequences, like those pesky babies that happen sometimes, you know, biology, then I guess if that's your faith, sure, you don't have to get rid of that faith. It seems like it's faith. It acts like it's a faith. I I've said for a long time, this is acting like a religion. So I guess in that sense, you're right. Yeah, you don't necessarily have to give up your faith if that's your faith. The problem here and the problem that I'm just going to keep coming back to over and over and over and over again is that's not Christianity. That's the problem. The problem is what you're talking about is maybe faith in some sense, but it's not Christianity. It does act like a religion. I really think it does act like a religion. And we see that over and over and over again. But is it Christianity? Uh, yeah, no. 
And by the way, and I, uh, I hesitate to even talk about this, but this culture just seems to think you have the right to just have sex whenever you want with whoever you want and whatever. Is that really a right? Is that really something that we should be striving for? Or is sex really designed for marriage because it's biological and leads to babies, which is just a true real thing. But even beyond that, it's spiritual, it's emotional. The whole idea that you can have sex with whoever you want, whenever you want, with no consequences is just wrong. This whole, uh, what was it, Tina Turner, what's love got to do with it? That's just ridiculous. Love has everything to do with it. But even more than that, reality and spirituality has so much to do with it. And there are consequences to it. Sure, babies are a consequence to a man and a woman getting together, but there's emotional consequences. There's spiritual consequences. There is emotional connection. There's spiritual connection. There's emotional brokenness that's rampant around this world because of people living this way. And that's really sad. It's heartbreaking. It's tragic. It's terrible. And then, of course, we're back to what Kamala is talking about here, using abortion as a means of contraception, which they said, oh, no, we don't do that. It's safe, legal and rare, except for the instances, which apparently are all the instances when, well, if you get pregnant, you just have an abortion because it's not a baby. It's just a clump of cells, except everybody knows, of course, it's a baby. And this is just a way now to avoid the natural consequences of getting pregnant. So... To you, Kamala, yes and no. If your faith is to totally be selfish and not care about the person you're sleeping with enough to marry them and to not care enough about human life that you need to have the ability to kill babies, then yeah, I guess you can just keep your faith on that. If you're talking about the faith of Christianity, then sorry, straight out, no, nope, not at all, not the right faith. You don't get to keep your faith and have abortions if we're talking about Christianity. Okay, let's get back to what I meant to talk about this whole time. Good news. We are almost done with Pride Month. Oh, wait. <laughs> I guess we're not. Here's Admiral Richard Rachel Ronaldo Levine, who has a message for all of us. Hello, my name is Admiral Rachel Levine. Oh, we got a little technical difficulty. Please stand by for just a moment here. Uh, give me one second to press a button and see. And again, so audio listener, I love you. If you want to see some of these videos, go to churchpublic.com. Check them out. Here we go again. Hello, my name is Admiral Rachel Levine, and I have the honor of being the Assistant Secretary for Health at the United States Department of Health and Human Services. Happy Pride. Happy Pride Month. And actually, let's declare it a summer of pride. Happy summer of pride. Sure. Happy summer of pride. Or maybe we just go keep going. Why Why would you end? Let's just do all the pride, right? And just keep keep doing pride because pride is all the time. Pride is until the end of the world. Let's just keep doing pride. Uh, and uh, Admiral Richard Rachel Ronaldo Rogelio Levine also said this. It, it's it's so it's such an important issue for our youth and adults. As you said, some of these laws are actually extending in, into adulthood. You know, we often say that gender affirming care is health care. Gender-affirming care is mental health care, and gender-affirming care is literally suicide prevention care. Would that be your view as well? I 100% agree. Yeah, so... <laughs> oh, okay, so yeah, I mean, this is, this is the euphemism, right? So gender-affirming care, which means surgically, medically, hormonally, trying to change a girl into a boy or a boy into a girl, one way or another, is quote unquote now healthcare and it's good for them and it's the only thing that we have to do in fact if you say you shouldn't surgically alter a young boy or a young girl by trying to turn them into something that they will just never be you're the bad person but that's the world that we're living in and this is why we have to say hey 
let's keep speaking true things because true things sometimes are harder than these other things. All right, let's go to church. Um, no, in fact, let's not go to this church, but I have to show this church. This is church news. Uh, you know, some of you grew up with a rich church tradition. Some of you know the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed or any of the other historic creeds. I've got a book of them right back here. I, I love them. I love them because, here's why. I love these historic, traditional Christian creeds because people way smarter than me, maybe way smarter than you, got together and said, what do we know about Christianity? Let's write it down so that we can continue to know it through generations, say it, repeat it, pass it on. That's what a creed is, right? You repeat a creed out loud so that you can use it to grow faith in biblical truths and knowledge and and teach in that way. It's a great tool of the church, and the church is used for centuries, uh, thousands of years at this point. They're, they're wonderful. Well, <laughs> I just, I don't know what to say here, people. This one is just really special. So instead of the Apostles' Creed, Nicene Creed, which maybe you've re repeated part of, or, or maybe just even repeated verses in a church, which is which is very similar. You know, I believe in in God. I believe in God the Father. I believe in Christ the Son. There's there's so there's so many so many just rich, full and wonderful pieces of this that we can then recite. We're going to look at a church that uh, that well, I guess made their own. They made their own creed. This is a very special creed. This creed. <laughs> Oh boy, I don't even I don't even want to play it, but we're going to. This is this one is called the Sparkle Creed because that's pretty. And apparently it was written a couple of years ago. I may or may not pull the lyrics up for you here, but let's just go ahead and take a listen and then we'll talk more about it. I invite you to rise in Oop. body or spirit and let us confess our faith today in the words of the Sparkle Creed. I believe in the non-binary God whose pronouns are plural. I believe in Jesus Christ, their child, who wore a fabulous tunic and had two dads and saw everyone as a sibling child of God. I believe in the rainbow spirit who shatters our image of one white light and refracts it into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity. I believe in the church of everyday saints as numerous, creative, and resilient as patches on the ace quilt, whose feet are grounded in mud and whose eyes gaze at the stars in wonder. I believe in the calling to each of us that love is love is love, so beloved, let us love. I believe, glorious God, help my unbelief. Amen. Um, I, I, I don't know if you could hear, I, I pulled up my Bible here. I'm, I'm looking through it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that any of that is actually in this Bible that would be like the old Testament, the new Testament. I mean, yeah, I'm reading out of the, what is this? The ESV, which is my favorite, but I, you know, having read Greek and, and Hebrew and, and some of the others, I don't think those words are in there. I don't, I don't think they're in there. Uh, okay. Uh, all, all jokes aside though, we should, we should mock stuff like this. We should, you'll say, no, you, you can, you have to be nice to people. No, no, we don't. We can, we can mock people who openly mock Jesus. We can, I mean, just look at how he treated the, the people in the temple who were, who were mocking God. We can say, listen, you, you, you can do whatever you want. Sure. You, you can do whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. 
this just isn't Christianity. And and what it kind of bums me out is apparently this is some kind of quote unquote Lutheran church. I'm actually reading a book by Luther. I've got it in the other room. Um, that's great reading, by the way. If you want to actually read Luther's words, um, I, I would do that over whatever this is. But but I, obviously it's all heresy and ridiculous. But I want to I'm going to point to one worldview point here. That even normal Christians, this this is the one that I think even normal Christians, people who who know and who grew up in church and who know some things, they fall prey to this. And so I, I want to point to this. And and it's it's her her word here that love is love is love. That's very popular right now. It's something that's repeated. It's the bumper stickers, it's the social media posts, it's all of this. But but I think we have to be careful because love is love is love is not love. Uh, I'll I'll read this one for you. This is first John two fifteen. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life is not from the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. So in other words, love is love is love is not love. God is love. But there are certain things that you can love in this world that are sin. They're sinful this is the problem. When you just assign this feeling, this emotion, this vague idea of love to anything, even right before that passage in First in John, I've heard people say that, you know, because he says right before that passage, you know, it's a it's it's a it's a part where he's talking about that God is love. And that's really great. It's really great that he talks about God is love. He talks about the new commandment. And that's true. But there's more to it. God is love and we are to love in God's nature, in the nature of God that we have through Jesus Christ. We don't love the world and the things that are going on in the world. And that's the big problem that I guess I'm seeing even some Christians fall into. They just think, well, you're supposed to love your neighbor and that means doing whatever your neighbor wants. No, it's not. If love is pointed at the wrong thing, it is sinful. He says right here, do not love the world. He's not talking about loving creation. Obviously, we are to care for creation, Genesis 1, 2, etc. He's not talking about loving people. Yes, we're supposed to love people, John 3, 16, the very passage here in John 1, 2, um, 1 John 2, uh, love your neighbor. We're even supposed to love our enemies. Yes, but there is this part of the world that is opposed to God, and that's this spiritual world, this other thing that's going on, and we have to oppose that. We have to not love that. By faith, the believer can overcome this world. But like uh, he's in, just go to John. This, this first John passage, rather, uh, 3 verse 1, the world is ignorant of God. 3 verse 13, the world hates believers. 4 verse 1, the world is home of false prophets. It's uh, 4 3, there's an antichrist or many antichrists in the world. That's not the weird monster thing. It's just that if you are acting against Christ, you are antichrist, right? 4 5, the world is full of unbelievers. Um, and, and even look at James 4.4. 4. Let's get out of First John for a second and go to James 4.4. 4. A friend of the world is an enemy of God. No man can serve two masters. So I, I, I won't go on and on about that because I feel like I would just preach a sermon for 30 or 40 minutes about that. It just is, it's so good and it's so important. But in conclusion, love is love is love is not love at all. It's not. We can and should show love. But loving, here, here's the distinction that you've got to take away. I, ho- I hope you take away this. The distinction is, Love is not doing whatever someone asks you for. People are going to say, hey, will you do this for me? Will you call me this? Will you be this? And you have to say, no, that's not loving. That's based on their subjective morality. That's the live your truth, you be you, and that is not biblical. It's not scriptural. It's not Christian. 
Loving is based on God's morality. God is love. Again, 1 John 4, 7 and 8. So we have to focus on who God is. God is love and love people according to God's kingdom, not our kingdom and not their kingdom either. And uh, just as an aside, love is also true and not full of lies. So lying is never loving. Meanwhile, in another Lutheran church, oh boy, this pastor just doesn't like Jesus' great commission to his disciples. You know, Jesus' great commission, uh, it like Matthew, um, <laughs> so end of Matthew, Matthew 28, Jesus comes to the disciples. And I mean, this, gosh, I have, I have heard this verse for, I think my whole life, my whole life. I've, I mean, I, I admit I've been in church my whole life. But but this verse, it's kind of the kind of the basis of Christianity. Uh, you know, twenty eight. Uh, I'll start at eighteen. Jesus came and said, "All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, I have uh, sorry am with you to the end of the age." What a great command. What a great end to that gospel story. What a great, um, exciting point to know that Jesus has authority in heaven and on earth now. And yet, this, I guess, also Lutheran pastor has some issues with this. <laughs> and uh, so let's let's hear let's hear what he has to say about it, and then we'll kind of we'll kind of talk about it a little bit. Uh, here here goes this pastor. Okay, so now specifically the Great Commission. So what you get at the end of the Gospel of Matthew is this commission. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. If you take that text and you look at it and you ask yourself, does that align with the Gospel as you understand it? Many Christians today would answer, well, yeah, that's like the main thing you're supposed to do, right? Like, I'm just supposed to go preach Jesus. The other day, I was out here working with a um, uh, plumber and... Uh, um, he was wearing a baseball cap on backwards and it said the uh, Okay, so again, by the way, yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> yes, the Great Commission is Christian. Okay, so he's talking about uh, meeting a guy with a, with a hat that says theology matters on it. Listen to this. Theology matters, and I made the mistake of complimenting him on his hat. And he was like, well, yeah, let's get to preach Jesus to people who will ask me about the hat. And I'm like, huh, Yeah, I mean, that's that's so great, right? And, and by the way, that hat sounds awesome. It's a hat that says... Theology matters. This Theo bro is wearing this hat that says Theology matters, and I I love that. Like I, uh, if you find that hat, send it to me. I, I I would love a hat that says Theology matters. That's that's rad. And he goes on to tell the story that through the hat, people ask about it, and he let he gets to preach Jesus to people through the hat. I I mean I don't know if you can see. Let me uh, let me get you another view here. I have this tattoo. I have a couple tattoos on my forearms. I know we'll have the tattoo conversation later. Um, but. I can tell you they've also led to a lot of Christ conversations because people say, oh, tell me about that tattoo. I've had really I've had conversations with really rough dudes who like have a lot of tattoos and they're like, oh, yeah, I used to be a Christian or I, I should probably go back to church. It's led to some great conversations. I love that. This quote unquote pastor is saying that's not good. You should not. Oh preach to people or disciple people. I, I don't know. Apparently, this guy's problem with the Great Commission, this command of Jesus, is that there may be other things or other ways to know God. Let's hear from him. Because my inherent problem with the Great Commission is how unilateral it is, right? 
you all who have the gospel, go and preach the gospel to all of those heathens who don't have the gospel and make them disciples and baptize them. And nothing baked into the text at all, even if you work with alternative translations or other ways of trying to come out at the text, nothing in the text at all has any reciprocity. Nothing in there says, hey, you might meet Muslims who know more about God than you do. Hey, you might meet Buddhists who will challenge whether you should even think about God in that way at all. You might need, you know, blank. There's nothing in there that encourages the disciples to encounter the other in an open, receptive way. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, was he crying there too? I'm not sure. So, so here we have a guy who does not like that the gospel is about telling people that Jesus is king. I read you Matthew 28 specifically. You don't even have to believe my version of it. Go and read it. That was the ESV, which I like. NIV is okay too. Um, anyway, I, I won't get into translations because I have a lot of thoughts on translations, but just choose whichever translation you want. The, the less literal ones, NLT message, not my faves. Um, anyway, just figure that out. But Jesus says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given. So already has been given to him. Which means that then, because Jesus is already king, our job, according to Matthew 28, is to go out into the nations and say, hey, by the way, if you didn't know, Jesus is already king of this world and heaven. He is. He just is. That's what the text says. That's just what it says. And telling those people about the commands of Jesus, because that's how we are all supposed to live. All. Everybody. That's everybody. That's John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. He wants everybody to know Jesus is king. Okay. This guy <laughs> says, maybe we should learn about God from a Muslim or a Buddhist. Oh, man. I shouldn't oh, I shouldn't even have to do this. But I, I do and I will. I don't recommend you do this. But let's flip this around the other way. Just as an exercise. This thought exercise. Please don't go do this in real life. If, for instance, you went to, I don't know, we'll say Iraq. And asked a person there, hey, is your God, Allah, the same as the Christian God? What do you think would happen? I just, I won't even guess, but I can guarantee it would not be good for you. And you may in fact meet Jesus sooner than you wanted to. Why? Because religions are not the same. They're just not there. I did an episode on this about coexist uh, a few weeks ago. You can go back and listen to that in the archives if you want to. But this poor guy wants you to think that religions are the same, that you can learn something that you didn't know about Jesus or God uh, in the Trinity from a Muslim or from a Buddhist or from a Sikh or from an atheist or something. I don't know. I don't know how any of that works in his mind, but it can't because if you if you want to know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of of Jesus, the the Father, the Spirit, the Trinity, the, the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, the three in one, like if you want to know about that God, then you have to read the words that he gave you. A Muslim is not going to tell you about that. A Mormon is not going to tell you about that. No no one but a Christian is going to tell you about that. And, and again, I'm going to continually point to, please go to the source. You don't have to believe me. Please read other books. Listen if you want, and I'll, I'll try to point you in the right direction. But you should open this book every day and read it for yourself because that's the way you're going to do it. This poor guy is big mad that the God of the Bible is kind of exclusive. But that's sort of the whole point. And it's been the point for literally the entire history of the God of the Bible that God is not like other gods. We see that story over and over and over and over. And still, Jesus is not like other gods. Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Those titles, it's not just 
fun things to say. He's the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, right? Read God of Gods. <laughs> Jesus is the only God. That's it. He's exclusive. I guess that's a hard thing for this culture to grasp because they want options, I guess, but that's not how any of this works. They want everything to be inclusive, but it's not. All roads do not lead to salvation. That's just not Christianity. It may be something else, but it's not Christianity. Jesus says, again, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. John 14, 6. No one. I know that's not very popular. It got a few people killed, but it's true. Let's let's check back in one time on our guy here and kind of see where this goes. I think, yes, I would preach against the Great Commission, but in a way, uh, to, I don't know if the word is recover or for or with it in some way, right? Or clarify. Um, amen. So for those that are just listening and not watching, I don't know what happened there. Like that was the weirdest ending to a message that I've ever, anyway, we'll move on. Okay. So let's talk about promise keepers. I don't know about you again, grew up in the church, been in the church a long time. So promise keepers was huge in the nineties. They were all about men being men leading into their homes, leading into the, the culture, leading into the world. There's some things that I don't agree with theologically or whatever, but I mean, I love any Christian organization that's going to say, hey, men, be men, be Christian men, lean into who you are and who God created you to be as a man following Christ. I love that. Now, um, <laughs> that said, apparently, Promise Keepers was not allowed. They were barred from an event at a Christian college because they affirmed normal thing, normal things. Uh, this is from the Christian Post. A Christ-centered Christian university has unceremoniously disinvited the Christian men's group Promise Keepers from their campus following an Instagram post they made critical of Pride Month. Because, this is my words now, because they're Christian? Ah, okay, let's let's keep on with the story. Belmont University, nestled in Nashville, Texas, is a non-denominational Christian university. Their mission statement proudly proclaims, quote, this is Belmont University's mission statement, quote, we are a Christ-centered, student-focused community dedicated to developing diverse leaders of purpose, character, wisdom, blah, blah, blah. I'll just end that, end quote. But you heard that beginning part. They are Christ-centered. Okay. So a Belmont official said the Promise Keepers had published comments that, quote, unnecessarily fan the flames of culture wars and are harmful to members of our community, end quote. It went on to say, quote, we are unequivocal in our belief, the value of each human being, and we are committed to engaging constructive conversations about demonstrative, I'm sorry, that demonstrate kindness and seek understanding. We will not knowingly provide a space for any group whose language we believe lacks that same respect. So, I mean, those are like pretty strong statements, I'd say. Those are pretty strong statements that apparently Promise Keepers said people are evil and they're, uh, I don't know. Let's actually, I just happen to have those statements. So let's read some of those terrible and destructive statements that Promise Keepers said. Here we go. Since this is what our culture calls, quote unquote, Pride Month, here's what Promise Keepers believes. Okay, so far so good. We affirm marriage is designed by God to be for one man and one woman. Mark 10, 6 through 9. I mean, biblical so far, so good. Yep. We affirm the path of following Jesus Christ is difficult and countercultural, but it is the path of life. Psalm 1611, you will make known to me the path of life. Your presence is full of joy in your right hand. There are pleasures forever. I mean, I'm, this is solid. I'm, I'm, it's good so far. Let's keep going. This is promise keeper statement. Uh, Instagram post, I mean. Okay. Uh, we affirm Jesus, son of God, will forgive our sins if we repent. I mean, yes and amen. First John 1, 9. 
Uh, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I mean, so far, loving this. Loving, loving, loving. Let's read some more. We affirm gender ideology is an idol of our culture and that, as sin, it is poisonous. Yes. Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. I mean, bold, but very true. I like it. Let's keep going. And finally, we affirm that true life and joy is found when we reject sin. Amen and amen. Uh, Romans 6, 6, we know our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin may be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Amen. I mean, yes and yes. Like, yes, I love all of that. So for those terrible, terrible posts, just reading Bible verses, basically, uh, they were kicked off or or they were uninvited. They were going to hold this big Promise Keepers event, and they were told by this Christian university. That said, Christ is central. Sorry, you can't come because Bible? <laughs> I don't know how to read this, people. Like, apparently the Bible is too controversial for a Christian college that says Christ is the center of what they do. This is the world we live in. So the, the reason I bring you these stories, people write, is to understand real faith in Christ is read the Bible and do what you says. Or if you prefer, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Right? That's Jesus' words. Um, and the words of Jesus are not only the red letters. You know, John 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was God. Uh, the word was with God in the beginning. That is Jesus. Every word in the scripture is God's word. So you can say, oh, well, the promise keepers use the Old Testament and the Old Testament doesn't apply anymore because it has the word old in it. Sorry, that's wrong. <laughs> Just straight flat out wrong on that. The uh, let's go to let's go further to Timothy. All scripture is God breathed and and good for all things. Right. So th this is this is reality. Second Timothy four, three, um, you know, that. Let's see, do I have this one? Um, I'm having technological problems, so hopefully some of this is working. I'm not really even sure what's going to happen here, but uh, uh, da -da -da. no, well, anyway. And I just, I, I think we have to understand that the word of God is the word, and we have to follow after the word. And even though this world is going to be say no, you know, we have to watch out for that. And 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 for your parents too. I'll I'll I'll, I'll end this story with this before we do one or two more. Be careful, parents, where you send your kids to school. A Christian in the title, even apparently Christ-centered in their mission statement, I guess now doesn't mean anything. And that's that's the reality of where we are. And we just have to watch out for this because this is apparently what is going on now. And we're just going to have to have to really pay attention to this kind of thing. Let's see here. I've got a verse. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Oh, this is Matthew 28. Sorry, I didn't mean to read that one right now. Um, so we just we really have to pay attention to where we are, where we're sending our children, because this world is broken and uh, Christ is king. Christ still reigns, but we've got to watch out for what's going on in this world. Okay, in movie news, oh, Disney. I, uh, I don't even want to talk about the story, but we're going to. Why do you have to ruin everything, Disney? Why do you have to ruin everything? That's that's just kind of the world that we're going in now. So there is a spinoff of Star Wars called The Acolyte. I honestly don't know anything about this. I follow Star Wars in some places, and I don't know what this story is. I didn't even bother to look it up because, honestly, I don't really care. And, and because of what we're going to hear in a second, I'm going to try not to watch it. The Acolyte 
is a new story that's coming out. And of course, now includes Star Wars first transgender person, because that's the direction we're going. And so we have to have that according to quote unquote, this is the article that I'm reading, quote unquote, her agency, uh, United Agents, British actress, Abigail Thorne, uh, yeah, is due to play Ensign Yurus in The Acolyte, making quote unquote, her Star Wars first ever transgender actor in a non-minor role, apparently, according to the write-up. Let's, you know, let's just watch this person talking about who they are, and then we'll talk about this some more. Hello, my name is Abigail Thorne. I'm a professional actress from Newcastle-upon-Tyne. I live in London, and I'm the creator of Philosophy Tube, an educational show that teaches people about philosophy in a fun way. I started the show almost seven years ago when the coalition government tripled tuition fees because I wanted to give away my philosophy degree for free. At time of recording, the show has just over 800,000 subscribers. In my most recent video, Identity, I came out as a transgender woman. Thank you to everyone who kept my secret for such a long time as I prepared to come out publicly. Uh, I'll just, I'll just use my voice as an example, uh, here. I, uh, I, uh, I'm not sure it was as secret as you think it was. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. This is our culture. It's cool to be a part of this cultural club. It is not cool to be a part of the church. It's just really not cool to be a part of the church. This is the way we're going and there's no neutral and you can't bury your head in the sand forever. You've made it this far in the podcast. So I appreciate that. And if you're listening, you know, stay, stay with me for a couple more minutes here. You probably already know this, but if you don't, you know, maybe share this with a friend, maybe, maybe you're, 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 maybe this is helpful, but you, you, who I'm talking to, who's listening right now, you are going to have to decide who you're going to follow. You're going to have to decide who you're going to follow. And you're going to have to decide who you're going to serve. You're going to have to bow down to someone. Is that going to be this culture where it's cool to be like this and do these things and worship these idols? Or are you going to choose to bow down to King Jesus, who, again, Matthew 28, I'm going to, I'm going to read Matthew 28 again for you in a second, because I think it's, I think it's that good. But who are you going to bow down to? Who are you going to serve? You, you got to serve somebody. There, there's no neutral there's no just hanging around and pretending, hey, you know, it's all going to go back to 1950s America. It wasn't that good, and we're not going there anyway. We're, we're going in the direction we're going now. Good news. Jesus is still king of kings and lord of lords. This, this world feels out of control. It's not out of control. That doesn't mean there won't be consequences to what's going on in the world. But you're going to have to choose somebody. you got to choose who you're going to bow down to. So let's. I think this is a good place to end where we began in Matthew 28. So I'll read this for you again. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'll pause there for a second and say all authority. All authority has been given right now. That's right now. Yes, all authority has been given right now. So, you know, you can be worried. And, and then I've had people ask me, well, then why is the world so crazy? If God is God... If Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, why is the world so crazy? Why is everything out of control? And the, and, the, and the answer to that is, you can go read this. I won't read it all right now for you, but go read this. The answer to that, why is it so crazy right now, is Romans 1. 
People have been given over to their sins. People said, I don't want to go your way, God. And God said, okay, fine. You do you, live your truth, and see what happens. And this, this world that we currently live in, is what happens when we try to go our own way, when we try to escape God. Don't listen to me. Believe, like, just read Romans 1. Go to Romans 1 and read that and see. So let's read a little bit more out of Matthew 28, and then I'll close it up for us. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I hope that gives you peace and hope and joy, knowing that in all of this, Jesus is with you through this process. No matter how crazy the world gets, no matter what happens in all this obscenity, debauchery, everything else that's going on, I hope you know that Jesus is with you and he is good and God is love. I hope you follow Jesus. I hope you go against this culture in grace and truth while proclaiming the love of Jesus Christ to those who have ears to hear. For Church Public, I'm Ed Odegaard. Keep the faith.